Guys, got a question for you. All right. Let's go. Would you rather race one full road season on gator skins? This includes road races, crits, time trials, or a turbo saddle for a season? Turbo saddle. Is that one of the saddles without the nose? The noseless saddles? No, turbo is like the like retro style. Was like hip to have on your fixed gear about like 10 years ago and they're like the most uncomfortable saddles ever i've just revealed that i have no like fixie cred i'm sorry <laughs> yeah i've got no idea and i and i've actually done the first thing and you know i think that was the year i actually ended up on the podium the most so okay so you would rather your gator skin you're saying i, I would have to agree because a turbo saddle was the worst feeling saddle i've ever sat on in my life so yeah I have to say, I typically, I, I have only ri ever ridden on one saddle, and, and that's the uh, Physique Aliante, and uh, so I don't want to ride anything other than that. That's what my, uh, that's what my butt is comfortable on, so I'm going to pick the Gator Skins as well. And how about you? Uh, gator Skins, because the Turbo Saddle sucks. Good to know. We will not be getting a sponsorship from, from those folks. <laughs> I guess maybe, you know, this, this cold open was really, you know, directed towards Matt Kite, who is not here today, which, by the way, let's introduce our guest for today, Mr. Aaron Viles. Aaron Viles, subbing in for Matt and donning the smoking jacket. It's so nice. Yeah. It's so plush. Yeah. yeah. Welcome to uh, the AUR podcast, Aaron. Thanks for coming out. Yeah. Thanks for having me in the studio. It's, it's elaborate. Have you been working on your uh, British accent? For the last few days since we uh, asked you to join, I I wasn't uh, I wasn't gonna ever try to step into. I mean, I'll I'll put on the jacket because it's it's nice, but I'm not gonna try to. I can't be Matt. I can't be Sir Cheerio. You look good in the jacket. I'll admit. Thanks. We so, do all have sort of nicknames on this podcast. Yeah. And I was trying to think of what is Aaron's nickname. Well, it's A A Ron, of course. Well, okay, yeah, true. A A Ron. It's also we used to call him Plus Three. Plus three. I don't even remember that. What was that all That's about? That's when I was fast. Do you remember that? Uh, I was fast, and I didn't ride with a speedometer. Ah, so right. I would get to the front and jack up the speed yeah. at three miles an hour. You'd be a nice pace line, nice you know club ride, mixed group of people. We're all riding along, and then you know you pull off the front, and here comes Aaron, and then suddenly boom, there's, a, there's a gap, and we're I mean, shedding people. Yeah, yeah. I've gotten better, I think. I think so too. Or you've just gotten slower. I've got yeah, that's probably the thing. I will have to say though, Aaron, I do enjoy sitting in your draft. Well, I know Nate Bats, but I you know, <laughs> pretty broad shouldered. You cast a wide one. <laughs> so yeah, Matt is uh doing that uh oh so American thing this week and he's with his family in uh Disney World in Orlando, Florida. Sounds terrible. And uh, I, I assume right now, uh, 8 o'clock in the evening, 9 o'clock uh, Florida time, he's probably parked himself on a uh, pub stool at the uh, Rose and Crown Pub at the Epcot Center. Uh, fine English pub 
there in the international area of the Epcot Center. So, cheers to you, Matt. Hope those fish and chips are good. That's right. Well, you can, but what is it that Matt says? You can only eat fish and chips and a bus stop and a bus stop in Lincolnshire, Yorkshire. <laughs> Looking out for you, Matt. Seems arbitrary. Did we did we talk about that? This is the Yeah You Ride podcast. Yeah, episode sixteen of the Yeah You Ride podcast. Um, Along with Aaron plus three vials, it's me, Bodie, Bodie, and uh, and this is the T boat over here. We're in our eyes. usual spots. Yeah. So, guys, how's it going? How was how was everybody's ride this weekend? Did y'all ride? I did. Yeah. Yeah. Couple great rides. Good uh, club ride on Saturday. It was, yeah, it was a great ride. Quintessential club ride. <laughs> the quintessential club ride. That's right. I mixed it up a little bit. I did the well. I can't call it the Jerota anymore. Yeah, I, I was name. trying to figure out what to call the half Giro, half club ride. I don't know what you would call that now. Giro. Uh, Rulero? Girulo. Yeah. Girule. 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 Yep, the Girule ride. Yeah. Which uh sounds like a Italian pasta dish. It's a it's a tough way to get four hours in July. Um, but I had a good time. It's as much time on Chef Highway as you possibly can stand. Yeah. Mm, who doesn't um, love that? That's like a two gallon two gallons of water ride yeah, that right was, there. That huh? was a lot of a lot of beverages. So speaking of uh, rides, Matt uh, was looking for a ride in Orlando and got himself um, hooked up with the recommendation from uh, Super Rookie. That's right. Tim Hayes, Slow Ride Podcast, uh, referred Matt to a, uh, a ride that he says Matt's probably sure to get dropped from. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So was that's... He, was he throwing a little shade? Cause... I think he was just basically saying it's real fast. Oh. Um. So we'll have to see. You'll we'll have to get a report back from Matt. Yeah, about that's how. Uh, Six a.m. Tuesday morning. Okay. So yeah, he's probably maybe he's not at the Crown and Anchor pub. No, he probably still is. Oh, that's true. <laughs> he gets down like that. I can't do that. So, uh, Aaron, uh, you are uh, in addition to being a good buddy of ours and uh, and and an an apt fill in for. Uh, Sir Cheerio. Well, we, we have we don't know yet. We'll see. <laughs> Withholding judgment. I appreciate that. Giving him the gonna, benefit I'm of the doubt. I'm going to quiz you on the Giro Rosa. Wait a minute. I was not told <laughs> there would be. Is that not part of the email? Uh, no, I didn't. There was no email, by the way. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> oh. But uh, Aaron, you are the uh, the director sportif of our uh, of our local race team, Urban South Racing, which we've alluded to on the podcast a number of times. Powered by Roulette. We all race for that team, and and you are our uh, basically you're our boss. Yeah, you know nothing like being the boss of an amateur sports team. There's yeah, a, I don't know. If there's a more respected role in the world of cycling. <laughs> Say, really. How's that working out? <laughs> uh, no, it's great. I love riding with you guys. I love racing with my friends, and I was just very happy to put a few things together to bring in a sponsor that was willing to give us free beer, also some money, and. I mean... uh, Beer and money, like really, what, like what else do you want out of life? Yeah, I know. Maybe free tires, but otherwise, I That's think true. I think we're pretty set. Well, so how did how did you get involved with Urban South? What's the the story there? Uh, my buddy Jacob Landry, who is the the founder and owner of Urban South, he was talking about starting starting a brewery, and I was thinking about starting a race team, and you know, P 
peanut butter and chocolate, you know, kind of went together. I'm like, you know what you should do for your for your grassroots marketing of your yeah. yet-to-be-created uh, brewery is you should sponsor a cycling team because I am about to start a cycling team, so let's do this. And he was totally down to buy jerseys, and he got that it's the right vibe for, for his, his brewery. I think it's totally worked out. I mean, I don't know how many beers I've handed out at bike races. I mean, that's how that works, right? Yeah, it's a thirsty crew. You know, he's happy to have, I think, some samples put out to uh, to the region, that those Lambra folks. Uh, and, you know, like, look, it's it's a great place to end a ride uh, and do drink some free beer or some decently discounted beer also. Speaking of uh, weekend rides, uh, after the ride on Saturday, we met at Urban South and watched uh, the... Uh, actually, that was Friday night. We met Friday at night. Urban South and watched the... Uh, Bastille Day stage of the tour is that right? Was that Bastille Day? Yeah, it was indeed yeah. Bastille that was, Day. That was a good. Are we? Uh, are we? Se- is that a segue into the tour? No, or? we're gonna. Oh, okay. we'll, we'll get there it's eventually. A right. It was a tease. Well, yeah. tease. Yeah, it was. Uh, we had some technical difficulties, but we, once we got it up on the big screen of the projector, it was a great stage. That was a lot of fun to watch, and Urban South was a great place to do it. So, Aaron, you also um, were very instrumental, and we've talked about this on the podcast a good bit before, including a lot last week with Charlie Thomas. Um, you were instrumental in starting the petition that followed the shooting of uh, Chris Weiss on our on our club ride. Um, you got that petition going, and uh, where, where are we up to now, signature-wise? Have you checked that in a while? Not recently. I think it's, uh, I don't know that it's crested 18,000, but it's, it's getting close. Uh, so yeah, we definitely... Uh, you know, I had an inside track on that. I do online advocacy, so I thought it made sense to pressure the NOPD to take it a little more seriously. Like a guy had been shot in the back and had a bullet lodged in his spine, and they were calling it a BB gun injury, which seemed uh, a bit seemed like they were basically downplaying it at every step. And I thought a little bit of public pressure would work. The second that video went out, uh, right, the media went crazy, and then with the petition it gave them kind of one more bite at the apple so we got a few more local stories about the petition uh i think yeah we still need to do a bit more in terms of making sure that it has the impact uh all the impact possible and that we get uh, more done uh because you know cyclists are still not being you know truly protected out there on the roads so you're the director sportif of our race team your day job you just said is uh doing advocacy work uh and then you also have a, a third part-time job uh, as a as a pedicab uh, driver in the French Quarter. Is that right? That is true. Yeah, I got a bit of a side hustle. I do the uh, do the pedicabbing. Only really so I can call myself a professional cyclist. Uh, I like to say that I'm a professional cyclist because I, like I get that. paid to, you know, cycle. Is that how that works? I think so, <laughs> as far as I'm con- concerned. Uh, maybe not. I don't make as much money as Chris Froome, but I probably make more than some of those guys Wait, out there but so like when we get our urban south kickback at the end of the season am i going to be a professional cyclist then totally yeah totally i feel like i feel like once you start claiming that then you like you should be faster no if you try to claim on your taxes you're gonna have a lot of losses and then the irs is gonna be looking into you because you're just constantly losing money hmm I'm not sure if you understand how taxes work, but well, other I, I, yeah, I well, looked here. into writing off cycling <laughs> activities with my ta- my accountant, and he said I probably shouldn't do that. Uh, well, I 
You should start pedicabbing because I think it actually opens up a whole new realm of yeah. things you could write off. Uh, your training tires, I think, really. I'm not sure if getting paid to ride a bicycle with, or a, in your, I guess, a tricycle counts as being a professional bicyclist. I didn't. I never said professional bicyclist. I said professional cyclist. Okay. You just do put the try in front of it. I, I don't put the no. I just leave that sort off. Sort of diminishes nope, no, the no. wait the so cachet you are, of it. You, you think you're a, also a closet triathlete? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> uh, you know, there's some stuff I did in my youth when I was you know young and irresponsible, and I don't really want to get into that. But no, yeah, pedicabbing's fun. Actually, here's what I like about it. You you know, my job is online mostly, so I sit at my desk. I do you know Zoom video conferences and email. And so you get out on the pedicab and you get to meet people and interact yeah. with people and quite talk to people. Face, but it's, you know, uh, you get to show them your city. And I, I love New Orleans. I definitely want people to get the most of their their experiences here. And I, I help them do that as I'm out pedicabbing around. Well, along those lines, Aaron, and, and before we realized that Matt was going to be gone this week and we were going to ask you to sub in, we had talked to you about doing a little uh, feature for the podcast where you talk to some of the folks that you met uh, on your pedicab, and you, a uh, week and a half or so ago, recorded a little segment. Um, you want to introduce that for us? Sure, yeah. So I was out and about and thought it might be a good opportunity to get a, I don't know, not a man on the street, right, but people in pedicab uh, kind of perspective on cycling. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because what, what you guys are doing here with this great podcast, it's a little insular, right? It's a little bit of a, a niche world you're speaking to. Every once in a while, it'd be good to get like, hey, what's what do real people think about this? Maybe not real. You're clearly all real. I see you right now. You've got yeah. this real people. But, you know, the general public, what do they think about this stuff? You mean people beyond the 80 to 100 people that listen to this podcast every week? <laughs> Yes. There's a world larger than that. There might be. Yeah. Well, you know, what, what do you call this little uh what do you call this little segment that you've recorded for us, Aaron? Uh, I call it Pedicab Confessions. Well, let's take a listen. All right. Testing. Hey, this is Aaron Viles. I'm out in the French Quarter yeah. on a pedicab with Bike Taxi Unlimited. I've got a couple of great uh, passengers in the pedicab right now in the big yellow trike, and I'm going to ask them a couple questions about cycling. So, hey, who's who's this? Maeve. Uh Katie. And where are you guys from? Indiana. All right. And so what do you guys know about cycling, bike racing? Um, I know that it's actually really common in Warsaw, Indiana. Nice. Yeah. So Indiana, you've got a bit of a history. Uh, the great movie Breaking Away. Are you familiar with that movie? No. I don't know what that is. It is the most famous movie about bike racing. Because it's not really about bike racing. It's a, it's a coming-of-age story, but it's set in Bloomington, Indiana. All right, so there's an event that's a lot like the Cycling Super Bowl. Do you have any idea what I'm talking about? No. Have you ever heard of the Tour de France? Yes. Do you know anyone who's ever won the Tour de France? Do you know any names of people? No, but I know that people have gotten hurt. Like, that is true, yeah. People definitely get injured. TV and injured, and it's bad. All right. So we call this Pedicab Confessions. So if you have anything you'd like to say about cyclists and bike riders that, you know, you don't really want anyone to know that you think it, because we're not going to know who you are. You can tell us right now. (laughs) Sometimes the shorts are way too tiny. (laughs) 
Um, I think the pocket in the back is really cool. It's a good idea. <laughs> you, you're down with the jersey pockets? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they put their phone stuff in there. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Um, pockets in the jerseys are pretty badass. Yeah, I'll truly. agree with um, what's-her-name. Um, that is, uh, that's definitely uh, both form and function uh, happening right there with the uh, with the three back pockets. Yeah, no, I sometimes wish that all my shirts had pockets in them. I actually have some casual shirts that I've bought that uh, Rafa makes. They're designed, I think, to be commuter shirts, uh, cycling commuter shirts. I, I don't really do a whole lot of cycle commuting, but I do wear the shirts, and they have a pocket. It's a great spot for a wallet, a pair of sunglasses, uh, you name it. It's a good thing to have. But yeah, thanks to those two uh, tourists for having a good time in New Orleans and were willing to you know, chat a little bit about cycling. That was great. It was fun so, to talk to them. What what else do, do you plan on doing more of these? Do you plan on putting them on the air? Yeah, why not? All right. Yeah, that was fun. Well, was we'll see what kind of feedback we get on this first one. Yeah, so guys, like. uh, email us at uh, yayouride at gmail.com. Let us know what you thought about Pedicab Confessions. Let us know what uh, kinds of people you might want to have Aaron talk to and what kinds of questions you might want to have him ask. And we'll bring another segment to you uh, as soon as we have one. Tell us something crazy that's happened while you've been a pedicab operator. Yeah, and you can actually find some. I've put a few of these stories out on Instagram. If you just actually search for the hashtag pedicab confessions, I've put oh, okay. a few things out there because people are crazy. Yeah. Uh, and they are more than happy to share their crazy with you while you're riding them around the French Quarter. So So they're like confessing things, actually like like the old taxi cab confessions, but they're like, they want to talk to you or how does this happen? Do you bring it like... Uh, you know, people just chat. You know, yeah. you're part, it's an experience. Like, look, if people wanted to get from point A to point B, they would just do an Uber, right? Uh, the pedicab, it's an experience. Why wouldn't they take a taxi? Because uh, who, who knows how to flag down a taxi anymore? You know, uh, what are you <laughs> yeah. going to call United Cab? You can't do that with your cell phone. <laughs> you There's can't no do that while looking at a screen. There's no <laughs> app for that, Bodie. Uh, right. I think they actually have an app, but never mind. I don't care. Anyway. <laughs> Let's get back here. So what uh, what I found is people just chat, you know, mm-hmm. and sometimes they bring up stuff that's interesting, and sometimes it's, you know, I will say this, people, you don't need to tell me or ask me about how great of a workout I'm getting. That is like 99% of the time, that is the first thing out how of many, everyone's How mouth. many comments about how nice your legs are do you get? Uh, not enough, honestly, on that one, but okay. I do think get a lot of comments about how great a workout I'm getting. Do you um, wear uh, Do you wear cycling shorts, yeah, bib this, shorts, while yeah. you're uh, doing this? I do not wear bibs. Okay. No. Do you wear SPDs? Are you clipless? Are you clipped I'm in? Not. One of the companies does have uh, SPD pl- uh, pedals. We don't. Uh, Bike Taxi Unlimited is who, the yellow folks is who I pedicab for. So do you ride the taxi home after you're done? No. I don't okay. I don't know the taxi. I Take it back the to taxi. the pedicab den. Exactly. Okay. Pedicab den. A very All New right. Orleans phrase. So here I was out pedicabbing. One of the things that stands out to me of my recent pedicab journeys, uh, I was a, a kid that was in town for his uh, his bachelor party. He was with his dad. His dad had like injured his ankle so he wasn't up to walking to the next place of, you know, they were gonna get into trouble on Bourbon Street. So they flagged me down. They get in the cab. They've clearly been drinking. The dad's, like, about, you know, to fall out of the thing. He's so hammered. The kid seems to have a little bit more of his, like, act together. 
we uh, take a right off of Royal Street onto St. Anne, which is right there where the touchdown Jesus is with St. Louis Cathedral. That beautiful, it's at night, so it's that beautiful shot of, you know, the mm-hmm. Jesus yeah. statue and St. Louis Cathedral. And I pointed out to them because uh, I love seeing it. And they're like, oh, how long do you think it's going to be until they turn that into a mosque? Oh, like, they went there with it, huh? I'm like, they? <laughs> it's like, you know, the people that go to mosques. That's what they do. Oh. I'm like, oh, hmm. Well, it has been a church since 1727, so I think we're, I think we're okay. Wow. Uh, but I was, I was flabbergasted. I was a little bit uh, shocked by that comment. So, yeah, people say things. Sometimes it's funny. Sometimes it's interesting. Sometimes it's, you know, Islamophobic. Uh, a couple quick questions. Um, anybody ever uh, had sex in the back of your pedicab? Uh, not, no, not mine. Not yours. That I, as far as I know. Wait, it's happened though. This is a. You've heard this. I mean, a lot of things, crazy things happen down in the French Quarter. I mean, you're and riding. I can either confirm or deny. You're riding along, and then you just, you know. I mean, what kind of sex are we talking about here? Like, I mean, like making baby sex or some sort of, you know. I'm, hanky I'm panky. Just gonna say just like traditional definition of sex. Uh, well, yeah, not in my pedicab. Not in your pedicab. Yeah, okay. So has any any has anybody showed up to the door naked? Oh wait, you're not a pizza pizza delivery driver. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> but when I was a plumber. <laughs> how far have okay? Let me ask. How far have you gone? Do you have do you ever record on Strava? Your your evening? Oh, your day? Do you not follow him on Strava? You've never seen his his pedicab Strava segments. It looks like a bowl of spaghetti. I'm also the recording a podcast here, trying yeah. to ask some good questions. <laughs> Devon, God, he's painting a picture, buddy. Uh, yeah, so I do from time to time record. I once recorded with a heart rate monitor just to see what kind of yeah, workout I got. I'm curious. It was not really very good. I think it's more of a strength thing than anything. So um, just you were like your heart rate was zone one. Yeah, pretty much zone yeah. one. Okay, some two maybe. From time to time but. and so what's the farthest you've ridden that you've recorded uh 35 miles was one shift okay uh, and that was the most i'd ever done in a shift that's a lot you got some probably got you got some people you're carrying a load yeah you're probably yeah, some burning some sometimes burning some calories i tell you what i am uh stop signs suck when you're in a pedicab yeah that whole stopping and starting thing is really especially when you're carrying around the you know some some you know just American People. tourists. Yes, I was. Yeah, and you're carrying other bodies in the back of the pedicab. Um, it's probably not light, and uh, yeah, that's why stop signs. That's why cyclists blow stop signs. Yeah, it's just too much work. Yeah, it is. I mean, that, it's, all, it's that, all about momentum. It exactly is the work you put in. Um, so, oh gosh, I had another question for you about your pedicabbing. So, are there are different pedicab companies? Is there like do you guys have like territory or like rivalries? Is there like gang fights? Like I think pedicab? mostly pedicab. The folks who are out there pedaling, they're they're cool to each other. Yeah, you know, all the time. And you know the companies have slightly different business models, but you know it's mostly very like we're in it together. You know I don't think it's truly competitive. People are respectful of the lines that you know the queues that that show up. Like people okay. don't jump in line to grab customers. Uh, yeah, it's actually a pretty good community. I like the folks who I, who I pedicab with. So my my other question, um, other than whether or not people had sex in the back of your pedicab, was important stuff. It was also it was almost as important. Do you guys ever race each other? Oh, uh, yes. so people sometimes want you to race race, but generally it's frowned upon. Uh, we don't really want to burn ourselves out 
by like killing ourselves for you know what an additional ten dollar tip you know i think a lot of people will say oh yeah we'll we'll race <laughs> and then we'll ride together and we'll let one guy get ahead and then maybe we'll pull up but we're hmm. not going i don't think generally but nobody's ever organized like a little around the block sort of you know spur pedicab. of the moment pedicab crit there's not been a pedicab crit that i know of but i definitely think that looking forward uh i think there's a, a place for it at harbor master Interesting so, enough, you bring up the pedicab crit because way back when, I believe it was uh, 2014. Oh, this been, was your alley cat. Yeah, did, the right? spring break yourself. Yeah. Uh, a checkpoint that Townsend and Wes ran was a cyclocross checkpoint. Just a short cyclocross course. A little, yeah, a little bit of grass, a little bit of a, there might have been a barrier. I'm not sure. There was a grass and some barriers, um, uh, one or two barriers. And an, ice co- an ice coffee hand up. That's right. And there was a guy who did the did my alley cat in a pedicab, and there was this great shot. Uh, it's probably on the Yeah You Ride Instagram way back. It's definitely on the semi tough uh, of a dude Instagram. ripping through City Park grass field um, next to some like you know cor- course tape in the yeah. pedicab. Yeah, it's a great shot. I, I think it was the yellow one too. I'll send it to you huh. so you can put it up on uh, the show notes for uh, yeah. episode sixteen here. You guys remember? Also speaking of pedicabs, you remember? This was a, probably three or four years ago. Coming back uh, from the club ride when we used to meet and end uptown, we were headed back up Magazine Street past the World War II Museum. Um, group was coming back. There were probably seven or eight of us uh, coming back from the club ride, and a guy in a pedicab jumped on the back of the of the uh, <laughs> of the group and and tried to hang and ride with us for a while. He kept up pretty well for a minute. Those things don't top out pretty well. I mean, they're geared for low speeds and spinning right yeah if you hit like if you hit 20 miles an hour you're probably going downhill and there's probably some wind helping you out yeah you've got a couple american tourists in the back there well thanks for the pedicab confessions aaron that was great and we're looking forward to more of them um i think it's probably time to switch gears and start talking about uh real dudes uh racing real bikes what do you think the real professional cyclists let's do it yeah so we're now two weeks into the tour today's the second rest day we're going into the final week um guys what are your thoughts about week two Bodie, you want to kick us off um wow no i don't want to kick you off because there was so much that happened that i don't even i can't even remember it all i, I know that i was was bummed out that bling matthews won no one likes bling um i thought it was really cool that bargee won yeah um it's interesting that bargee is just kicking butt well, kicking ass, I can say that. It's our podcast. We're explicit yeah, on yeah. iTunes, right? It's got the, yeah, it's, it's got the little yeah, box, got yeah. boxed E there. Bar D, yeah. Bar D, wow. Uh, bar G, or is it Bar Well, it's pronounced both it's, ways, actually. Yeah, but French. How French are you? Well, it's French, so I always just, you don't pronounce the last five letters <laughs> in, in the word, right? Bug? People that Barg. appear to be in the know pronounce it Bar Gil. Bar they say the l they say the l which is interesting anyway he's done pretty awesome yeah um really he's obviously gonna run away with the king of mountains jersey he's won one stage he was pretty close to winning another stage um obviously he has done gc before i think intentionally he has chosen not to this race he was i had him on my fantasy squad in last year's tour and he was a stronger GC contender last year. Yeah. 
Uh, I mean, I think intentionally he intentionally lost time. I, I don't know how overtly intentional it was, uh, but he. I think once it became clear that he was losing time, you might be right. He he allowed himself to lose enough time to where he'd be given room to roam, and um, and to that extent, yes, that was part of the plan. Just it makes you wonder, like. There you could you can focus on GC and get a solid top ten, and you can really fight and and suffer and put in all your effort into being a top ten GC contender. I mean, like there, some guys are never going to get above top five in a GC to Grand Tour. I mean, they're just kind of those guys who just can't make it over to the the Frooms or the old Contadors or you know Quintanas. But or you can just like. Be a specialist. Be a specialist, and I, that's something I kind of I, I keep thinking about TJ and how he still is holding on to these GC dreams when he could be someone like Bar Bargill, you know? Yeah, I think it's I think that's pretty exciting. Pierre Roland won, you know, polka dots one year. Yeah, which um, we haven't seen much of him this year. No, yeah. see him going out of the back pretty quickly. Yeah, I guess he got sick. Yeah, tough um, year for him, but you know, Cannondale. I mean, we're jumping around here a little bit, but, uh, you know, I had a note here to talk about, you know, teams that were doing surprisingly well this tour. Cannondale, certainly, you know, with, uh, with Rigoberto Oran, uh, yeah, that's looking a great. Great, great uh, addition to the team. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think Bargui's rent win on, um, on Bastille Day was, was really awesome. Um, I enjoyed the stage that Bling Matthews won. Uh, I thought that was a great finish. Um. I like those kind of puncher sort of finishes. Yeah, like I that. do too. Yeah, it's like a classic stage. It was great. Uh, it was fun. He um, he had an awesome post up at the end of that stage. Mm. No, world's disagree. world's longest <laughs> post up. Cocky. Yeah, I I, I agree. God, I, I really wanted GVA to get him. And oh. and what was funny about it, you know, and 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 our good friend Jaden, who we reference almost weekly on the podcast because he's uh, you know great racer he's killing it in our fantasy league he throws bottles during the giro he does all sorts of stuff that is worthy of of talking about here on this podcast (laughs) he fixes little kids boo-boos yeah he's just an all-around good guy um uh, i think he sewed somebody's hand back on after they put their hand (laughs) in their spokes on a ride this weekend in fact and and then gave him a ride to the hospital yeah and then Um, i think you yeah fixed the hub too i mean he just does it all uh but uh jaden said that that was the the ballsiest move uh, of the tour so far uh, bling Matthews posting up with GVA on his wheel you know for 12 seconds for a minute it looked like he realized he'd fucked up um, there was a moment of doubt in his eyes and that was pretty funny but he he held it and you know didn't didn't get pipped you think that he they've made that decision? Did they come in? It's like with Bargy. Was it the decision to he was going to go for green, and so he was going to get all the kind of mid, you know, the early sprint points, and then hang tough to be there at the end, you know, because he's doing he's second to Kittel, Kittle, Kittle, uh, in the in the green jersey rhymes with hunt. Skittle, but or do you think that's something they did? Oh, Sagan's out. This opens it up. No. Let's do this. Listening to the cycling podcast where I get all my information, they. He, they wreckied that the course that 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 route apparently had been raced before, and right. they knew it. And I mean, he was planning to win that stage, but yeah, he was. He's always going to go for the green jersey, 
mean, Matthews is not going to, you know, get in the GC. Right, but, but that wasn't my question, right? My question was, do you think that they made a, kind of a shift at some point when no. Sagan went out? Not not for this specific stage. Clearly, this was a stage that he should have been in the No, I think for. he's always in a green jersey hunter. Like, that's... Yeah. that's I, feel, I feel like he's, like, hanging further and further in the, into the mountains than you ever would expect, expect a sprinter. No, he's here. always been a pretty... He's not a true sprinter like Kittle. He, he's, he's more of a Sagan mold. Maybe a little bit better climber than Sagan. Um, he's yeah. always going to... I think that's then, and and that is the reason why he would go for the green jersey. Um, having Sagan not in obviously helps him, but you know Kittle has won five stages, so it's really hard to. Um, yeah, Matthews would be would be better, better sitting better if there were a couple other strong sprinters to to challenge true. Kittle. Yeah, because he's been just such a beast. So oh, the yeah. way I understood it with Matthews was that they had mapped out a strategy for you know the the potential for him to win the green jersey and his team understood that it wasn't going to be a bunch sprint sort of strategy where he would just win a bunch of bunch sprints and get the green jersey that way they were counting on him winning intermediate sprints that were over mountain over mountain passes you know so that he could try to get in the break get over the mountain and get those intermediate sprint points and then get the sprint points at the end of these more punchy stages um that were quasi sprints but more sort of puncher type sprints and that that was their roadmap to to victory and i think they had understood that it was a long shot but they that with sagan because he would do the same thing he does the same thing but he just does it he probably would have been a good um candidate to win that stage in rodez um yeah absolutely so also on that stage that happened aru lost time he did he gave up the yellow jersey that's right um pretty i mean one thought was it intentional i mean he's got a pretty decimated team did he really want to have his team try and control control the race um it sounds like that he was just out of position Um, yeah i actually didn't see that moment in the race when he when he lost that little bit of time um so I, i can't really comment on it um it didn't cost him more than what he lost twenty or so seconds that day, but it was it was only six seconds ahead of Froome, so it was yeah. enough to to put him out of the jersey. Uh, I don't know, hard to say, uh, hard to say whether he lost it intentionally or not. Certainly, still well in the race overall, uh, and and here we are, starting the last week of the tour with five guys within one minute of the lead. Is it five? It's at least it's, four. I think it's one, one twelve is the. Um, let's see. Yeah, so one twelve is is Martin in fifth place. That's amazing. With I mean, a, Londa's only five seconds back too. So I mean, the top six are within one minute and seventeen seconds. Yeah, that's amazing. At stage fifteen, yeah. Lately, it doesn't seem like it's ever been that close. Um, side note on Aru, I do want to say, specifically to Townsend that. And Matt, he's not here, but I actually really like Aru's jersey. The uh, the, the Italian yeah. national champ. It's good, and it also jersey. has like smaller stripes, I think, on the sleeves. Like Sm- a smaller tricolor color yeah, stripe on so, the sleeve. Yeah, yeah. It looks good. I agree. Uh, that's a good. Yeah, I'm into that. It's much, obviously, much better than the uh, the blue, and way better than Nimbley's. Astana 
jersey that he had when he was the Italian national champion. Agreed. It's distinctive. You can mm-hmm. see him. You yeah. know who he is. You it's know that he's the Italian national champ. Yeah. It's very Scottish. Absolutely. Um, so, um, anything, what else of note? Uh, you know, Mikel Landa, doing pretty good. Yeah. Um, you know, he was in a break at one point. He, he almost became the virtual leader, the yeah. yellow jersey. Don't um, remember which stage that was, but that I thought was one of the best stages of the of the race so far, just because it was so different, and it was because Sky went with a different strategy instead of keeping their train together and keeping you know Froome completely protected with riders riding in front of him and and pacing him up the climbs. They had they sent riders out into the break or got riders yeah. out into the break, and they actually had two two breaks ahead of Froome, and it made for very it made for really interesting racing behind. I thought. I th- no, I think it's great. And as you know, I didn't come up with this, but this is a this is a, a Movistar tactic that Sky seemed to play off really well. Yeah, you'd see Movistar do this a lot in the Giro, and and but it never quite worked out for Quintana. Um, but this worked out really well. It for, worked out really well for, for Froome, Froome because <clears throat> Kwiatkowski was in the second group on the road behind uh, Landa and the front group. And when the uh, when the GC group eventually caught up to uh, Kwiatkowski, or when he kind of got dropped from that second group, uh, part of that second group merged with the front group, and and Kwiatkowski ended up getting caught by the GC group. Then suddenly he's there to help uh, Froome, and just did you know amazing work controlling that GC group, shutting down breaks and keeping Froome. Uh, up toward the front of that. So, Kawa- I mean, we've sort of chatted a lot about how we think that Kawasaki, as he's known, is uh, kind of like the uber domestique, and we've all been pretty stoked on him and just the solid fucking pedaling that he's been doing this That's tour. That's right. Yeah, you described him just that way. Solid fucking peddler. Yeah, like I that. mean, dude just pedals, like, hard. He does. And gets shit done, and... Helps out Froom Dog when he gets a mechanical and yeah, right, right there to give him a wheel his, and give him a little bro tap on the on the butt and butt get him slap. going. Yeah. yeah, it's great. So cool. So I feel like we haven't we haven't done like a podcast crush in a while. Obviously, I'm gonna you know think, I'm gonna nominate you know Kwiatkowski Kawasaki. I'll Kwi- second Kwi- that Kwi- motion. Kwi- I'll yeah. second that motion this week. I would call him. I don't know. To me, it, it would be between. Uh, Kawasaki and maybe Dan Martin as MVP of the week. With those teeth, how are you gonna have? How are you gonna have a crush on that guy? Well, I that said MVP, just... not oh. crush. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I've loved watching Martin race. Yeah, I tell you what, man, that move to squeeze some seconds out—that's good. He, yeah, it was nice. And then when he caught up to that group, who were like, "Hey, yeah, we'll work with you. Sure, we'll work with you. We'll help you. We don't like Sky either. Let's go yeah. ahead and help you put some time into him." That I mean, was it's... phenomenal. They said that he thought that he was allowed to get a little bit of leeway because he was down over a minute, but it was nice to see someone in, in a GC in that in those you know those top spots, not just trying to hold on, but trying to attack and make something happen. So, um, yeah, I don't feel that I've seen Martin go this deep into a Grand Tour this high on GC. He usually fades. That's right. Um, he has been with the GC group on pretty much all of these climbs every every stage. Yeah, if it wasn't for that port crash, 
he would be. I mean, yeah, man, it's true. Yeah, yeah he, he lost. He lost a, almost a minute. I guess. How much skin, I guess right? he technically he might be in the lead. I don't know. Yeah, he lost like a minute twenty-five, and he's a minute twelve back. Well, a lot of ifs there because maybe he, he wouldn't have been given sure, the freedom sure. to go. I don't know right? that math, but still, we can. Yeah, let it's podcast math. And let's not uh, let's not let the week get by without um, mentioning again Rigoberto Oran. I mean, here he is suddenly hanging with the top dogs in 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 the world's biggest race uh, up in GC, and I mean, in a spot where he's contending certainly for the podium and potentially for a tour win. I mean, you can't write off any of the top five right now yeah so it's pretty exciting to see what's gonna happen next i mean what do we have up next we got tomorrow we've got it seems to end kind of a flat stage but we've got a category three and a category four climb looks like uh wednesday and heading back into the alps heading into the alps are going to be some good skip work stay home watch bike racing days um so yeah the article, if I don't show up on <laughs> Thursday. Your boss also rides bikes, so you're cool, man. Yeah, yeah. We, we actually, you know what? I think we get the I think we get those two days off. <laughs> so you want to talk about uh, who's in yellow for yeah. our crew? Do we remember do who what do we call last week? Well, we had Matt pick Froome because he got to pick first again. <laughs> uh, we had Charlie Thomas, our guest last week, who picked uh, Fabio Aru. So Charlie was in yellow midweek. Oh, so pretty good guess. Yeah, so some points for Charlie. Uh, I think you picked Roman Bardet. I picked Bardet. He won a stage. Won I mean, a stage. Looking good. good. And uh, I picked Rigoberto Oran uh, because I picked last, and um, he was the fourth best person to pick. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so as it turns out, those uh, – Picks all went down in the order that they were that they were picked. Matt wins. Uh, Matt is in yellow. He wins the who's in yellow. Well, so why don't you pick this week? Who's in yellow? That who's gonna win? Who's gonna win? So we're, gonna win? we're now talking about who's gonna win. I want you to tell me who's gonna win the GC and who's gonna win on the Champs d'Elysée. Okay. So I can't pick Chris Froome. Um. In my in my heart of hearts, I suspect that Chris Froome probably ends up winning this tour. But for purposes of this competition, I'm going to pick Romain Bardet. Okay. As the winner of the Tour de France 2017. And I am going to pick Marcel Kittle to win on the Champs-Élysées. Solid. Aaron, you're the guest. I'll let you go. Who's going who's gonna to win? Huh. Well, does that mean I can pick Froome? <laughs> if, if you haven't yeah, actually... Yeah, sure. Froome's going to win it. Froome's going to win it. Okay. Clearly. Uh, and who's, who wins the sprint on the Champs-Élysées? I'm going to go with Greipel. I think Greipel's going to win a stage this year. He's going to win a stage. And it's going to be the big one. I think so. All right. Well, Greipel won last year. He did. And that was the only stage he won. So, could happen again. Not a bad pick. Um, well, I mean, Froome Dog is on my fantasy team... But, uh, did you? Who did you pick, Bardet? I picked Bardet. Wait, can I just pick Bardet? Why not? We'll we'll be tied, and then we'll like share in the spoils of victory. But I'm ahead. saying, uh, I don't know how this didn't happen, but Iran, Iran. 
Hmm. Nice. I like that. Yellow. Yes. Um, yeah. Something's going to happen. You know, for if I Russell- had to say who I wanted to win, <laughs> I would say I, w- I want Iran to, to win, to pull it out and win it. I think that would be so amazing for Cannondale, so amazing for Vauders, that whole team. As much as they've sort of suffered through, you know, could-haves and should-haves and would-haves um, and had a tough run of things, they've really turned their fortunes around. They've had a couple big wins on the, on the world tour this year. That would just be amazing for those guys. Yeah, I mean, Mick Jagger in yellow. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Iggy Pop of the Alps. Um, I like that. That's good. Okay, so... And then on the shots? Well, I mean, I want to go with Kittle. He, seem, he seems the strongest, really. I do kind of like the idea of Greipel winning. Um, so I'm two. actually going to pick Greipel. Okay. I feel like he hasn't done anything, but maybe once again, maybe this, maybe this finish on the Champ is a little bit more straightforward, and he'll get the lotto will get the train right, and um, he'll pull it off. Yeah. Maybe and another German victory. Maybe Sunweb uh, figures out a strategy to like get Kittle cut. Right? Yeah, I that's true. There's, like, there's a yeah. chance that you know that yeah, time, they could the time drive could... the pace and on one of these mountain stages. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and uh, and then he's out of the tour. So, and then Michael Matthews would, um, I guess, be the leader of the green jersey. I guess so. Um, and then that would make that sprint easier for Greipel. So, all right. Well, let's go to our fantasy squad. Let's talk about our inter-podcast rivalry. That's right. So it's well, well, I guess Aaron is also on our fantasy league. So taking me out of last place uh, for the uh, Yeah You Ride podcast. In that case, I've been bringing up the rear uh, the whole time, but I am actually ahead of Aaron overall as of today. Oops. It's like I won the last stage, but I still didn't get it. Yeah, well, you, you were so far in the basement so that. Yeah, that port pick is second, and yeah, man, I got no right. So, all right, no sorry, right. okay. No so left. it looks like um, Aaron Viles so is in third is in third from last. Yeah. Right now, and then you are fourth from last. That's right. Wow, less than 100 points between you guys. Yeah, um, it's a rivalry. Heated, we have heated to scroll up Lantern a Rouge. bit to find me. Oh, there I am, fourth place. All right, so Bodie, amongst amongst the continues three, now four of us. To hold the two-tone you, jersey. You continue to hold the two-tone jersey, and so assuming that you'll be able to uh, insert the appropriate ska-themed music here, I will once again present you, Bodie, uh, with the black and white nice. leader's jersey powered by two tone records. This one is for all the bouncers. Big, big monkey man. Congratulations, Bodie. My brown jersey. Um, I'll, the brown jersey's uh, being washed at my house right now, Aaron. Nice. I'll uh, bring it to you uh, sometime next week. Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm creeping off the creeping off the floor overall, Bodie. I thought you had an interesting way of looking at it. We've got uh, Jaden, the aforementioned Jaden Kiefer, uh, off the front in a solo break. Yep. In the lead of our fantasy league, 
Uh, we've got about, what, uh, four or five people in a solid well, chase group? looks like group. we've got a three-group, uh, Darnell, Ben, and myself uh, in a chase group. Chase group. And then you've got the Peloton sort of behind, which is yep. the guys that have, you know, 2,000-ish, yeah, 2,500 points. Matt, Dustin, Matt, Woody, Mark LeBlanc. And then... You've got the group off the back. The, the group, group pedo. Yeah. Which you two are both in. Yeah. Sprinters with, hanging out. Along with your girlfriend. <laughs> oh, my girlfriend is in last place. Yeah. The team of Bunny Baguette. Um, I think she had Port and Zagan and... Hey, look. Nobody this year can complain about attrition and losing riders. Everybody's lost riders. Yeah. Uh, it's just a question of whether the riders that you it's still a, have... It's a solid-looking team. She has Yates, Port... Micah, who's out, Sagan, Roland, Kwiatkowski, Kwiatkowski, Kawasaki, Gilbert. I mean, look, it was a solid-looking team, but yeah, three of those guys aren't even racing anymore. So, yeah, sorry, it's a tough babe. Tough year. Tough year. We talked about the Giro Rosa last week, and uh, I have been watching the stage recaps on Steep Hill, and I just gotta recommend those to you guys, to yeah. people in podcast land. They're like five to six minutes each. Um, they're good. They've got race footage, pre and post race interviews. They're just like it's a it's good. It's a really good way to get a handle on the stage race and actually five minute chunks at a time. Yeah, and well, that's the way I was following it. You yeah. know, throughout. So, Unfortunately, there really wasn't any way to watch the stage. There were some YouTube videos posted somewhere of slightly longer, like half hour. Uh, stage summaries, but uh, I, I, I agree with you, Bodie. I really like those recaps. Um, that was a that was a good way to good way to interface with that race. So, and then did we talk about this last week? What they're doing this year with the tour? So they've got rid of the. So the, I guess it's called La Course, right? That's right. So the yeah. women's the women's edition, although you can't really call it an edition because it's completely different, but. Last year, last few years, they raced around the Champs Elysees and a essentially World Tour crit. This year, it's a mountain stage, and then the top twenty-five riders take place in a time trial, very much like the Hammerfest, where the best, the person who placed first on the mountain gets to go off first in the time trial, and the first person across the finish line wins. Oh, I didn't realize that it was a Hammer Series style, yeah, staggered time trial like that, yeah. So, so they're racing on the road against each other. They are. Not against the clock. No. So, which is interesting. Um, like, it has, like, okay, there's two stages now. Is it a gimmick? Like, it's also not at the Champs-Élysées, which is, would be a, it's a great venue for your sponsors and, you know, people they are there to watch. I don't know. When is it? It seems like a lateral move, not so much a move progression. Is it the same day they're doing the time trial? Is it the same time trial course? Yeah, oh, I think so. Maybe that right. is. Yeah. They so they the women race up to. So it's Friday and Saturday. Is that what it is? Yeah. I'm just guessing. I think so. Wait, I'm trying to look at the stages here. It's I recognize the mountain. It's um. No, I don't. I don't recognize it. I don't know. I Sorry, guys. It's not pronounced. Well, the time like trial spelled. is on Saturday. So if they're doing it the same day as the men's time trial, then the, that the time trial for the women would be on that Saturday, meaning that the uh, mountain stage would have to be the day before, which would be the Friday, which is a mountain stage for the men yeah. as well. Mm, no, yeah, it's but, not. No? 
No. Hmm. So yeah, I listened to Kilometer Zero uh, on the podcast, yeah. uh, cycling podcast, and they talked about that specific. You know, they got a bunch of interviews with a bunch of the uh, female riders and promoters, and generally felt like seemed like they were not happy with this setup uh, because they missed the Champs Elysees because the mountain stage is out in the middle of nowhere. I don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. And mm. they felt it was it's kind Col- of... It's Col de That's the one. So that's where they're going to climb up, I guess, on Friday. Okay. And then Saturday. So the day after the men do it. That's a pretty stout climb. Yeah. So, and I think they're, one of the complaints was, well, no one's going to be there because, unfortunately, crowds don't come out for women's cycling. Or they're all going to be at the next stage. Right. Well, I guess it might be in different areas. So you could have the same people. Um, is it, why, why don't they just do the climb on Friday, a TT on Saturday, and then the crit on... Is it, yeah, it seems too easy, maybe? Yeah, I don't know. You could just... uh, I've been saying that for, you know, since we started doing this podcast. <laughs> 16 why don't they just do that? Yeah, yeah, it just like, seems awfully easy. I mean, we all do races where we do road races where the women are on the course the same time we are, and we seem to manage it fine. I mean, I know we don't have caravans involved with what we do, but I, I, I feel like they could figure this out. Hey, Bodie, speaking of women's cycling, you mentioned uh, either last week or the week before um, to check out what uh, Ellen Noble was doing with her junior women's cross camp. Yeah. And. Um, she was posting a bunch of extended Instagram videos showing just little clips and snippets from what they were doing. Really cool. And I actually went to the website. It's on it's on her website, um, trying to find some more information about it for next year. Uh, and and was thinking about talking to my daughter about uh, oh, wow. going to check that out. You know? That's cool. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah. I mean I don't know. I don't know if it's an invitation thing where you have to have a certain sort of level of skill or, or, or dedication. You know, as you all know, my daughter is a races cross, um, happens by default to be the uh, two-time defending uh, junior girls cyclocross champion. Um, but, you know, her level, her level of dedication isn't really pro by any stretch. Uh, but... You know, I think that would be something that you would enjoy doing. It just looks really awesome. I mean, whether it's Ellen Noble's cross camp or just some other woman uh, who throws a cross camp for women, that's a great idea. Cross is a great sport for, for women and girls to, to do. It's been awesome for, for my daughter, and it was just so cool to see Ellen Noble posting those videos. They just look like they're having a great time and, you know, Cross is awesome, and it's a great, great activity for women in cycling. How cool would that be? Uh, a summer camp that was a, a cross camp or cycling camp. You Fantastic. Know, we're parents. Managing the summer camps is a bit of, you know. So I see on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it would be great to like send them off to a cross camp. That'd be fantastic. Um, well, I mean, speaking of cross and the fact that we're almost down to a, a week left, uh, well, I sent you a Facebook message you earlier today, me Bodie. A message, yeah. What's the answer, man? Is it time? Is it time for us to go out and scout the cross? Your practice message course? was, yeah. Is it time to start looking for a practice venue? And I mean, it is time. Yes, like it's the end of July. This is just traditionally when we do it. 
Uh, I think that I've learned something the last few years is that July and August are just going to be wet the entire time. Yeah. Um, and it's really hard to actually have a cross venue in August. Um, I think two years ago we had a drought and we knocked in a course pretty early. Uh, last year we knocked in a course and then it sat, got ruined. Yeah, it sat in the rain for three weeks and we didn't ride it. So I guess I just am. Yeah. I'm not looking forward to the hours mowing grass in the heat, and I, I'm. I'm thinking we need to like maybe just push things back a bit, or, or maybe rethink some things on how to like get the cross momentum going, but not waste our energy. Um, yeah. Hey, speaking of cross, and and uh, I know we're running out of time. I'll be real quick. Here's a shout out that we haven't given in any of these uh, 16 episodes so far. Shout out to our buddy George Morse, former teammate of ours, moved up to the Northeast. You see on Instagram, George yeah, Morse I did see posted, that. got himself a sweet new cross bike. He had a focus, right? Yeah, got a focus. I um, didn't want to chide him because he he was a drive side fail. Yeah, <laughs> he posted it backwards in yeah. true George Morse fashion. Yeah. Uh, it was probably really dirty, too. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't washed. Uh, but no, uh, George uh, took a little stab at cross down here, and it never really took, and, and we sort of ribbed him a whole lot about it, and um, and he moved up to uh, New England, and he's got himself a cross bike, and he's going to race cross this season, and that's awesome. So howdy, George. We miss you, and uh, can't wait to see you uh, posting some sick uh, cross uh, photos on your Instagram page. Yeah, get into that Nebra action, man. Heck, I need to figure yeah. out what happened because he he didn't just not do cross like he he was just terrible at it. He proactively did not like yeah. cyclocross. Like what's kind going of, on up there? Kind of like you. Yeah, yeah, a lot. Like yeah, I feel like I'm losing a brother here in the like anti-cross <laughs> camp. Why why don't you like cross? Why don't you tell us, Aaron? Oh, this is gonna be that interesting. I, so yeah, I did one cyclocross race, and you bought a bike, right? I did. I bought a used bike. It wasn't a huge investment. I bought a used bike. Uh, Which, I mean, you went out and you got a yeah, cross bike. I did. And I couldn't practice a lot because the evenings were tough for me. I couldn't do this uh, training races with y'all. So I went out and I did a cross race. Uh, but, you know, I had decent cycling fitness, I felt like. Uh, but it was just no fun. Like, I crashed like five <laughs> times. Like, there was all these like, loose leaves, like these oak tree <laughs> live oak leaves like i just like it was like skating across ice it was horrible and i was getting beat by people that i knew i would beat in a road race oh you mean people like me uh i wasn't naming names yeah townsend and (laughs) sir cheerio uh but no i'm like what is going on why am i getting like totally blown this is no fun at all and then i got a bunch of blisters on my hands afterwards i was like and i was bleeding and then you had a great race dude (laughs) so matt you heard it here on the a you ride podcast although the the, your your podcast podcast, although the episode you weren't here for aaron quit cross because you and i beat him that's some selective editing of that story by the way uh but yes maybe those are factors so so i mean that's that was a tough course that was like that was a bone shaker of a course. That was that, a city park. Uh, yeah, that was twenty fourteen. Yeah, um, yeah, that was that. 
we now practice over there now, but yeah, it's a little bit rough. It's your first cross race. Yeah. So many blisters. Uh, and then I was really tired and I was hot and I wanted water and somebody handed me like a shot of, I don't know, Kahlua oh or something. Oh my God, <laughs> I was <it's> like, amazing. <laughs> I think I remember you bitching about that for a while. So yeah. 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 yeah no, this is not new information. I, I, <laughs> Aaron, I shared this when Aaron when doesn't like the hand ups. <laughs> uh, you know. So you're going to try it again? I'm not buying a bike. So no, I guess not. Oh. I need to buy a new road bike. I'm not going to buy any. It's all right, man. Bike. We need we need people concentrating on the road racing season. You can you know leave it to leave it to guys like me to yeah leave it to the good guys. You guys can do it. Work out well. on the cross course. Yeah. Well, speaking of uh, speaking of Matt and Matt not being here, um, discovered after Matt left town to go to Disney World, a, a little note that he'd stashed for us with uh, with instructions on. Um, how to access a Dropbox folder that contained a secret file uh, that he had left for us as a little gift to the podcast in his absence. Um, hadn't listened to it, not exactly sure what it is, so we're just going to, on a leap of faith here, go ahead and um, I think wrap this podcast yeah, up. I think we can wrap it up. Uh, so we'll, and, just, we'll uh, just play and this gift out. And we're we'll going to we'll just... roll out with this little gift from Matt. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and sign off uh, from over here. This is, uh, this is the T-Bone um, uh, saying goodnight. This is Aaron plus three. Thanks for having me. And this is Bodie Bodie saying I'm going to take back that KOM you took from me, Wes Johnson. Have a good night. Yo, what's up? Day 10. Day after the rest day. My body is starting to wear away. But my legs are feeling great. Uh, This is a weird thing that starts to happen. In these bike races, I don't know, your body kind of starts to shut down and you start to feel a little bit sick. But then when you're riding a bike, you're like, boom, flying. So, um, I had a nice rest day yesterday. I went to the sauna. Ate some food, ate some salad, ate some green stuff, and um, and today's stage was, was not too bad. It was fun. Uh, just got a little chiropractic, osteopathic uh, adjustment, and I'm going to take you in there in a second. I just wanted to just show you where we're staying right now. This is the spot. Pretty righteous. Pretty righteous. Feeling stoked. Let's go inside. Pretty righteous. Alright guys, dinner time. Thanks for following along. This is the spot. Thank you, Taylor. Actually, I could do it. I've seen that video myself.